Thank you guys so much. It's so awesome to be here. Um, honestly, when people see me here, they're like, oh, it's been so long. So good to see you. It really doesn't feel like it's been long at all when I come back. This place is home. And um, just so you know, Pickerington um, in here, it just feels like Zion. It's the same. So I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. And um, just to encourage you, um, it's just so welcoming to come back and to see all of your, your faces. And thank you for having me up here. It's such an honor. Um, just in worship, I just want to share a little bit. I just, it was wrecking me because God was just reminding me how far we've come. And I'm just so grateful for a house that allows freedom and worship. It was wrecking me. I grew up um, Wesleyan, and, you know, I, these people love Jesus with their whole heart, but, you know, somebody raising their hand in worship was charismatic, one hand. <laughs> and when I came here, it just opened my eyes that I could actually express myself with love to the God of the universe. What a joy and what a privilege that is, and what an honor to be in this house going to cry. All right. So I was just kind of asking God what I should talk about today and just kind of off the top of my head, I was like, maybe I'll talk about being a servant and kind of put it in the back burner for a little bit. And I sat down and I opened up my Bible and I kid you not, um, I had highlighted this verse and it was Matthew 23, 11 through 12. But the greatest among you shall be your servant and whoever exalts himself shall be humbled and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. So how's that for confirmation? <laughs> um, so I really wanted to talk to you today about being a servant. And I know that um, this may feel like, oh, well, that's not really my, my favorite topic. I don't really want to be a servant. I'm actually a friend of God. This topic's actually really near and dear to my heart because in the process of becoming a servant, the Lord transformed me into the person that I am today, standing in front of you. Um, so in the kingdom, servanthood is the highway to greatness. If you want to be great, you need to learn how to serve. Um, my, hus uh, my husband actually grew up at Zion. I did not, as I said. So when I came here, it was a little bit of a culture shock <laughs> when I walked into the door. But um, for the first time in my life, I um, had prophetic words over my life. How many people love the gift of prophecy? How I didn't even think that it was for today until I walked into this house. I was like, well, that's not, that's not happening anymore. You know, I was telling my husband, like, people don't speak in tongues anymore. And actually, there's no such thing as prophets saying all these things. And... <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's kind of funny to think back on that but um, it's actually God's gift to us to see a little tiny glimpse into the future of what he has for us we get a little tiny glimpse of the greatness that he's placed on our lives so this for the first time in my life I was experiencing significance and it was life-changing. Um, I was a member of the worship team. I actually, my first instrument is the saxophone. So, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, I actually went to school for music education um, and majored in saxophone. So I joined the worship team, and I was just kind of playing in the background, very much a background-type person. People used to joke that I would play the saxophone facing this direction. 
for those of you who remember. <laughs> I didn't hide. No, I, really, I was just so lost in worship. I had never experienced the presence of the Lord like that in my life, and I just wanted to worship him. It was new for me to worship him in music. I played music my whole life, but to open myself up and play melodies from my heart was very new to me. I believe at one point I had, I was playing the saxophone, I had a background vocal mic and congas in front of me to play, and also a tambourine. So if Jim Baker tries to tell you that tambourine's not allowed, he actually let me play the tambourine, so... I was just kind of filling in where needed and, you know, experienced experience a ton of freedom during that season. Um, and like I said, for the first time ever, was feeling significance and a purpose over my life. Um, around that time, I had one of the most marking dreams of my life. I'm just going to share it with you really quickly. So I was sitting in an auditorium, kind of like a lecture hall when you're in college, you know, and the seats are kind of going up in stadium seating, and there was a man in the front, and he was um, addressing the crowd, and he was asking, is there anybody here that can play a musical instrument that'd be willing to be a part of the worship team? And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that's me. I guess I'll raise my hand. So I raise my hand, and I look around, and the man looks over into this side of the crowd, and he sees someone there who I knew in the dream. Isn't that funny? You just kind of know things in dreams. I knew this man was really skilled at what he did. He was a really skilled musician. And so the man who was asking this question um, panned to the crowd, looked at this man who was extremely skilled, and chose him. And I was like, okay, I can agree with that choice. Good job. He was obviously qualified for that position. Um, so the man up front went on. He said, now I'm looking for someone who plays a woodwind instrument who can kind of play in the background, filling in spots here and there. Um, is there anybody here that could do that? And I'm thinking, that's me. <laughs> I could totally do that. So I raised my hand pretty confidently that he's going to choose me. So I raised my hand. And not knowingly, right beside me um, is a girl that I went to high school with. Dreams are funny, as you, know, you dreamers know. I don't really know why. But there was a girl that I didn't notice until now that was sitting next to me that I went to high school with. She actually played the saxophone as well. But all of you band dorks out there, um, so there was like a sequential order of, you know, who was the best. It was like first chair is the best, second chair is the second best, you know, and so on and so forth. Well, I was always first chair, <laughs> always first chair, okay? But this girl, she was like second or third chair. And so I'm sitting next to her, I'm raising my hand, I'm thinking, I'm going to get picked for this position. And he looks right at me, and he looks at her, and he picks her. And I was like, oh, excuse me, don't you know she's not as good as me? And as I'm thinking this, I didn't say it out loud because I'm a Christian, as I'm stewing over this, the man up front looks at me right in the eyes, and he says, Bethany, it's time for you to be a servant. And I woke up. You know, I always um, tell the Lord, I don't want you to speak to me in parables. Speak to me plainly like you speak to Moses. <laughs> well, you can't get more plain than that. <laughs> it's time to be a servant. So... Um, <laughs> A few weeks earlier, before this dream, 
um, the youth pastor actually approached me and asked me if I would help raise up their worship team, which was non-existent at this point. They were worshiping to a CD. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, yeah, I'll pray about it. No, I don't want to do that. That sounds horrible. I'm not called to youth. But as soon as I woke up from this dream, I knew. I knew that I had to say yes to this opportunity. Um, So I let Mary know. (laughs) It's time for me to go to the basement. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so I, I made the choice to say yes. But little did I know that this decision to become a servant would transform me into the person that I am today. I had no idea. See, many times we're searching for the next open door. Prophecy is a beautiful gift from the Lord, but oftentimes we get fixed on the promise and we lose sight of the present. So it's like we're in this dark room and we're running our hands along the walls just looking for that open door of opportunity. And it's like you feel like you're going in circles like, God, when is this going to open up to me? When is the next step going to take place? I've been waiting for so long, God. You said that you're going to open up a door. You said. So we're running our hands along the walls, looking for an open door. But I'm here to tell you that we're looking in the wrong place because the door is in the floor. The door to your advancement is lower than you think. And you may feel like this is a step back or a setback to you, but it's actually going to propel you into who you were created to be. Taking the opportunity to go lower may disguise itself as a setback, but in the kingdom, servanthood is the only way to advance. So like I said, I didn't feel called to youth ministry, but I couldn't deny the, you know, the clear word from the Lord, it's time to be a servant, so okay, I said yes. Um, Our giftings and callings are super important to the Lord. He gives them to us, but it's actually most important that we walk alongside him, and it's most important that we know him. He isn't concerned as much with the development of my skill, but he's first and foremost concerned with the development of my character. Psalm 105.19 says, God's promise to Joseph purged his character until it was time for his dreams to come true. So I said yes, I took the first step, and um, I decided to hold auditions for this new worship team, because my thought was I was going to hold auditions, and I was going to find all these musically talented kids like School of Rock and train them up and get out of there. (laughs) That was my thought. So I'm holding auditions, and, you know, first kid comes in, sits down. So why do you want to be a part of the worship team? Well, I really just love worship. I have a heart for worship. That's wonderful. Do you play an instrument? Well, no, I don't play an instrument. Okay, well, do you, like, do you sing? No, I don't, I don't really sing. Well, I don't think I can sing, but I'd like to sing. All right, can you send in the next person? <laughs> next, so, it, and the next person comes in, you know, why would you like to be a part of the worship team? I really just want to worship. I just really love worship. Well, do you play an instrument? No, I don't play an instrument. Do you sing? by myself. I sing to myself sometimes, you know, and it was becoming, becoming a reoccurring theme. No, I don't play an instrument. No, I don't sing, but I really just want to worship over and over and over again. I had a really good turnout. I mean, for a youth group that was probably this 20 kids, 
probably, ten, probably half of them showed up to this worship trial, but none of them knew how to play an instrument except for one kid who actually became the youth pastor later, who I love a lot. But he played drums, and I'm thinking to myself, we have one. But I came to the realization really quickly that I'm thinking that I'm going to be training them up to lead worship, but there's no way they're going to be able to lead worship yet. Like, I'm going to have to lead worship. I know this sounds weird to you, but that was not on my radar. <laughs> like, I don't want to lead worship. Have you tried to lead worship to youth kids? I love the youth kids so much. <laughs> they don't give you any fluff. They stare at you. <laughs> Even if something's happening in their heart, they stare at you. My God, I don't want to do this. But you're the only one. No, don't make me do this. You'll be fine. So I started doing worship practice. And since nobody knew how to play an instrument, we would just sit there and listen to worship music and worship together. They all had a heart for worship, so I, I decided to start there. Um, and little by little, I taught uh, a couple of the girls to play a few chords on the keyboard. And I had a drummer. And I was playing guitar very poorly at the time. So we stuck to four chords and all you musicians in the room. I'm so grateful for the uh, Jake Hamilton CD. Do you guys remember that marked album? Life-changing, and it only had four chords on every song. We just rotated those songs over and over. Ah, in royalty! Just over and over, the same four chords, just because that's all we knew how to play. Um, so I started taking ownership. There was a shift that the Lord took me through. Because in the process of not knowing what I was doing ever, I had to lean on him. He became my teacher. I love that scripture that says, morning by morning, he wakens my ear to hear as a disciple and one who is taught. That was literally my life. Like, God, how do I do this? What's the next step? What do I do next? And I had taken ownership. I was spending hours working on set lists, which you wouldn't think would spend hours when it's just three songs that you had to play. But it's like, how could I do these songs in a way that's going to engage them? Because I had developed in the midst of all this, of all the uncertainty in my ability, God had awakened a passion in me that I didn't even know that I had. Because when I saw that one kid encounter the Lord, like, this is what I was born for. And it just became this hunger to see them. And it's like we had many, many small, tiny victories, but it was like honey to my lips. It's so worth it, you guys. It's so worth it to give yourself to something because you don't know what God's going to do in your life. Your prophetic words are glimpses. It's not the whole picture. You have no idea. His ways are so much higher. So I desired more than anything to see these kids come alive in his presence. And I didn't want to do it in the typical way. You know, typical youth worship is like jumping around like, woo, we're going to get hype for the Lord. But it's really just kind of jumping around. Like that stuff made me angry. I'm like, that's hype. That's not praise. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was funny because the kids on my worship team started to develop the same heart as me. And they're just worshipers. They're like in there and we're worshiping and we could go for hours and like the kids on the worship team were catching my heart, but the kids in the audience were just staring at us. 
but it's okay. <laughs> um, so even though I didn't have a ton of success in the natural, I was encouraged that I was in the right place at the right time. The Lord is so kind. He will give you bits of encouragement along the way. You are not alone. You are not alone. He's never left you. He wants you to walk with him. He doesn't want you to walk ahead of him. So it had been a few years um, since I first started. And like I said, I've ex- I had experienced some really great moments um, and some really not great moments, lots of times going home crying because of no breakthrough. Um, but, you know, those little moments that just kept me going. But <laughs> just when you start to get comfortable is when the Lord asks you to do something else. So um, I was just seeking the Lord for what I should be doing um, with the worship team. And the Lord said, you know what? Why don't you let the kids lead? Why don't you start letting the kids lead? I'm like, I had two thoughts. My, my kids that sing don't sing in the mic. It's literally, I don't even know if they can sing. <laughs> and B, how am I going to teach them something that I don't even know how to do, <laughs> that I'm not succeeding at? Um, but again, the Lord just keeps telling you the same thing if you don't hear him. I want you to let the kids lead. Um, I actually want you to turn to Matthew 25, 14, really quickly for me. So um, the Lord asked me to teach the kids how to lead, and this was a big step for me because I was letting go of control. I'm going to read this story really quickly and then kind of unpack it a little bit. Um, in my Bible, it says the parable of the talents, Matthew 25, 14. I'm going to read the first part of it and then paraphrase the middle and then kind of read what the Lord says at the end. Starting at verse 14, it says, For it is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And he went on his journey. Immediately, the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received the two talents gained two more. But he who had received one talent went away and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now I'm going to paraphrase kind of what's happening next. Um, So basically the master comes back, checks in on the first servant um, who traded in his investment of five talents. And um, he says, wow, you made more of what you have. Good job. Now I'm going to trust you with more. And then he sees the second servant, and the second servant kind of does the same thing. He invested his talents, and he, got, he gained more. So the master says, well done. You did great. Now I'm going to give you more. And um, so he comes to the last servant who had one talent and dug a hole and buried it. And um, I'm going to read verse 25. So this is the um, response that the servant had back to the master. He says, as I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, what you have is yours. But his master answered him and said, you wicked, lazy slave. You knew that I reap where I did not sow, and I gather where I, where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank. And on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. Now, I know that this is talking about actual money, Jim. 
bigger. I know this is actually talking about actual money. But I'm going to speak about this um, passage in the context of spiritual wealth that the Lord entrusts to us. So like, you, like I said, I had been serving for a few years, and God was asking me to do something different. He was asking me to invest into other people what I had already had. Um, in verse 16, um, it says, Immediately the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gave five more talents. That word traded actually means to affect, to be engaged in, to commit, to labor for. This is the servant that did something right. He actually invested what was given to him. True servanthood looks like me making an investment in those around me. It's not just me serving to serve. Does that make sense? So if I would have just kept going on my way and ignoring the voice of the Lord to tell me it's time to invest in the people that you're encountering when you're serving, then I would have missed it. It's like I'm, it, it would have been like me digging a hole and bearing the things that he's given me, even though I feel like I wasn't ready to pass those things along. Making yourself vulnerable and open in order to make connection with not only the people that you're serving, but the people that you're serving alongside of. It was time for me to take what I had been given and invest it back into other people. Guess what? You don't get to choose when that time is, he tells you. Because the enemy is always going to tell you, you don't know what you're doing. You know, maybe you should wait a little bit longer because he understands the multiplication of the seed. <laughs> now, I'm not a gardener <laughs> at all, but, <laughs> but I do know that when you, um, a lot of times what gardeners will do is they'll take the seed, before it's time to plant it outside, they'll actually germinate the seed indoors in a controlled environment until the seed begins to sprout. And when the seed sprouts, then they take it out and they plant it. And because they have allowed it to sprout in a controlled environment, the seed has a better chance of growing. So even though I didn't have that fully matured worship leader in me yet, and I still don't, I can still take that sprouted seed that I've been germinating inside me, that, the, that God has given me, and I can take out that sprout and plant it in somebody else. That way they don't have to start from scratch. Because that's what pioneers do you guys. I don't have to pass on a fully developed plant to somebody else. I'm able to give those sprouted seeds, and it just keeps multiplying and multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. That's what pioneers do, and I know that we are pioneers in this house. We plow hard ground and learn how to grow things that have never been grown before, and when we experience the tiniest bit of growth we freely let others build upon our foundation so that they don't have to start from scratch. Now, if I didn't have the courage to invest myself into others, I would be robbing them of the treasure that the Lord longed to give them in a more mature form. This is how the kingdom expands, okay? The more you do it, the more he gives you. Because it says um, in this parable, it says, you've been faithful with little, now I'll give you more. So, long story short, I did teach them how to lead, you know, song by song. And um, 
I'm just going to put you on blast right now, Wesley. But Wesley was one of those kids. And I don't know if you've ever heard him sing before, but man, what a beautiful voice he has. I would have never known. (laughs) Not just me, the world would have never heard him come out of his shell. If I decided to keep that in me, he wouldn't have been able to take a step forward in what he's called to do. It's not just about you. God puts you in specific strategic places and spheres of influence, not just for you and for your development and for your destiny, for your calling. It's actually intricately connected to every single person that you have influence over and who has influence over you. God is incredibly strategic. He knows. So stop I mean, sometimes we just get this tunnel vision, like, I just want to, I'm just speaking of me. I'm not talking about you. (laughs) But it's just like, man, I just want to get to that. I just want to get to the end, that promise, that promise. All your promises are yes and amen. Those are good things to say. But it's not just about the promise. It's about walking with him and knowing the promise giver. Those promises are extra. That's the abundance of the Lord. It's him that's surprised. And as I'm investing in other people, I start to make connections with them. Just naturally. When I give myself and I'm, I'm vulnerable and open to them, I'm naturally going to make a connection with you. And I know a lot of people in our culture kind of struggle with getting plugged in in community. And I'm just going to go there for a second. I would just encourage you to get into a place of serving where you're investing yourself. Not just serving to check off a box, because that's not the same. If you're feeling lonely and you feel like you're not getting connected, you don't have a community, go find somewhere and go low, give yourself, get connected to that person, and just community will just happen. Link arms with somebody. That's true community. So, (laughs) fast forward. You guys still good? So I've been in youth ministry for about seven years at this point, and I was feeling a transition coming, um, but I was second-guessing. Like I said, I've been there for seven years, and it was seven years of me constantly going to the Father and saying, God, am I done yet? No, you're not done yet. Okay, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep giving my all, you know, and just constantly checking in with him. God, if you want me to stay here for the rest of my life, I will be here. I am committed to whatever you have just constantly checking in with him. But I felt this transition coming. But, you know, that voice of doubt starts coming in, like, uh, maybe you're not quite ready to move on, that kind of thing. Because in the natural, everything in the youth ministry didn't look exactly how I thought it would look. In my mind, I'm thinking it's going to be this youth movement, and it's going to be tons and tons of kids coming to Christ. And it might have looked like that, but it didn't in that moment, and I wanted to make sure that God was done with me in that place. Um, There were several areas in worship that we hadn't experienced breakthrough in, so I was unsure. But um, God is kind, and I I, uh, received a a few very clear confirmations. Um, I was praying with the Lord, just asking him, like, Lord, I just feel this transition coming, but I don't really know. Can you just tell me? Because actually the transition was, um, I had stepped down completely from worship up here and and went to the basement. And um, I felt like the Lord was calling me to come lead worship up here again. 
Now, in the natural, <laughs> this feels like the Lord's like, let me just say it like this. Satan could come in and say, you are exalting yourself. You, you don't need to move on. You need to stay in the basement. But I just felt like God was like, you have something to release that I want you to release. But it, Satan was telling me, you know, that's, that's not being humble. But actually, when you're false humility is just kind of a cloak for rebellion. It's a costume. But God was calling me to something else. So I didn't take it lightly at all. I was continuing to talk to him about it. And one of those times when I was talking to him about it, Mary boxed me. She said, I don't know if this means anything to you. <laughs> but if you're feeling like you need to move on from youth ministry, there's a grace for that. <laughs> like I said, I think you guys should all ask the Lord to speak to you plainly. Because he does. <laughs> if you ask him to. <laughs> Even though she sent that text, I was still... Second guessing, I'm like, Lord, I don't want to move. It had been so long, honestly, that I didn't want to mess up now. I'm like, God, I want to finish well, you know. So I just remember um, one of the last times I led worship down there, and I was, it was just me, I think, on the piano. And nothing crazy was happening. You know, there's a few kids encountering the Lord, a few kids kind of staring off into the distance, and a few kids staring at their Facebook, kind of the normal thing going on. And I was just, like, pressing in and um, pouring out my heart to the Lord and leading them in worship the best way I knew how and just in complete freedom of who I was. And in that moment, I heard the Lord say, look how far you've come. Look how far you've come. And in that instant, I realized that even the process of becoming a servant and the process of pouring out my heart, he wasn't concerned in the quality of the program that had been built up. He was concerned in the character of my heart. He was concerned how free I got when I worshipped him. He was concerned with me. Because anytime that you're doing something for the Lord, it's easy to kind of get into that work mode, that work mentality and task-oriented things. Those things can be good, but God really just wants you close to him. He really just wants you to know him more. And that's it. And once you get to that place where you do, then it's promotion time. I'm going to read to you. Um, can you guys turn to 1 Samuel 15? Now, in that moment, I had a decision to make. I felt the closure from the Lord, but in the natural, it didn't feel like, you know, like I said, I actually, and I don't recommend this, Mary and I have a very um, relationship where we talk with each other, and um, I take advice from her. I submit to her leadership. I'm actually the one who told her, I think it's time for me to start leading worship upstairs. The only reason I did that is because we have a relationship where I listen to her. 
I respect her guiding and her, and her leading. So she knew that when I said that to her, it was from the Lord. But still, I had a decision to make in this moment to kind of fall back into that false humility mode and stay and stay where I was comfortable. But I'm just going to kind of paraphrase 1 Samuel 15 for you, and then I'm going to actually read verse 22. Um, because I feel like there's a, a few people here that God's actually calling you into the next season, into the next area. And let me get make this very clear. We don't ever stop serving. It's just a different type of serving you actually have to keep going lower. <laughs> but I feel like there's some people where he's calling you to move out into something that may be uncomfortable, may be different, maybe something that you've never done before, and you're just um, you're feeling the pull to stay where you are. So I'm going to um, paraphrase. First, um, Samuel 15, I would highly um, recommend you reading this on your own, but for time's sake. Um, so this is um, one of my, I love First and Second Samuel so much, but um, in this story, Saul is king at the time, and Samuel is his prophet, and Samuel is his voice of the Lord to him. Samuel instructs Saul to kill all of the Amalekites. He says, you need to get rid of every single one of them. That's your job. So Saul goes in, and he, you know, he destroys pretty much everything but he decides to keep back the cattle, the choice cattle and the sheep. He decides to spare them, and he actually spares the king's life as well. So he didn't do exactly what God said, but he kind of did what God said, if that makes sense. So Samuel, being a prophet, God speaks to him about Saul before Saul tells him what he did. And he said, and God's pretty angry with Saul, but he doesn't tell Samuel what Saul did. So Samuel's super grieved over it, and he goes and he talks to Saul. And he's like, okay. Samuel's like, okay, Saul, um, how'd it go? And Saul's like, it went amazing. I killed pretty much everything that you said. I, I did exactly what you said. And I, in my mind, I can just see the narrative playing out because it said that... Um, Samuel could hear the bleeding of sheep in the background. The meh. I killed everything. Meh. It's like, oh, really? What's that? It's like, oh, that. I was actually going to sacrifice that to the Lord as like a, an offering. Isn't that a great idea? And this is what Samuel says. <laughs> so this is verse 22. Samuel said, has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination, and insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. You know, I had read this several times, and it always kind of bothered me. I'm like, you know, Lord, that's kind of harsh. He sort of did what you said, you know, thinking to myself, like, how many times have I half obeyed the Lord? I mean, he, he tried, and he said that he was going to sacrifice these things to you. Isn't that a good thing? That should be a good thing. But God just revealed to me that even though you could be in a place where you're sacrificing 
and sacrificing and sacrificing. Obedience is better because obedience is sacrifice, but not on your terms. It's on his terms. That's why obedience is better than sacrifice. See, if I don't obey, I'm doing it in my own way. But God, I spent hours pouring out my life. But God, don't you see me going low and serving before you? But yes, I told you to move on to the next thing, and you're not being obedient. Because being obedient is a sacrifice. But it's on his terms, not your terms. So I could have stayed where I was, continuing to sacrifice my time, and it would have looked good in the natural, like, oh, look at her, she's serving in the youth. It's been 25 years now, going strong. Her children's children are in the youth now. That's sacrifice. (laughs) But obedience, obedience is the new covenant way. It actually asks for a little bit more because it requires your heart. It requires all of you. So I could have stayed where I was, but it would have been sacrifice and not obedience. When you fail to move forward because you think you are being humble, staying where you are, that may be sacrifice, but it's not obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Some of you are holding back because of fear. You're actually comfortable where you are. And even though you feel like you're pouring out your heart, God, that still small voice is calling you to something that you've never done before. This is a group of pioneers. It's going to happen. He's going to call you to unknown places. He's going to call you to territory that you're not familiar with. Somebody's got to do it. Obedience is better than sacrifice. You know, there's a big difference between being hidden and hiding. I'm just going to finish with this psalm, and then um, I'm going to pray for you. Is that okay? David kind of brings it all together. Psalm 40, verse 6 through 8, says, It's not sacrifices that really move your heart, burn offerings, sin offerings. That's not what brings you joy. But when you open my ears and speak deeply to me, I become your willing servant, your prisoner of love for life. So I said, here I am. I'm coming to you as a sacrifice. For in the prophetic scrolls of your book, you have written about me. I delight to fulfill your will, my God, for your living words are written upon the pages of my heart. And I really felt impressed upon by the Holy Spirit that there's three different groups of people here today. Um, group one, you feel like God is leading you into a place of going lower. How many want to stand up for that? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but you've just been feeling this pull. Like, man, I just, I don't really know. I've had all these opportunities, but they feel like I'm taking a step backward. Or you feel like you have all these prophetic words over your life and you keep hitting a wall, hitting a wall, hitting a wall. That means it's time to serve. So that's the first group. The second group is time to steward. Some of you may be already in a place of servanthood, and you're serving, and you're pouring your heart out, but you haven't made a transaction. 
with the people you're serving with. You haven't actually made an effort to give yourself over to these people. Or maybe you are giving yourself and you're giving your all. You just need fresh ideas, fresh strategies. I've been there. So that's the second group. It's time to steward. And then the last one is it's time to graduate. And like I said before, I feel really strongly that there's a lot of people in this room where God is kind of, you've been in this hidden season, in this place of serving, and it could just be one person that you're serving. I'll just make that clear. It doesn't have to be an organization. You just are pouring out your heart in servanthood to people. But God is telling you that it's time to come out. Like I said before, um, hiddenness is not the same as hiding. It's graduation day for you. He wants you to take a step into the unknown. So I'm just going to have everybody stand, and then I'm going to kind of pray through these things together. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we just we thank you, God, for your kindness. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. We thank you, God, that your main goal is for us to get close to you. Father, thank you, Lord. Yeah, so if that first um, group is for you, just put out your hands in front of you, the time to serve. You feel like God's pulling you into a place of kind of being hidden, going lower, or you feel like you're stuck where you are. It's time to serve. Just put your hands out in front of you. Yeah, I just bless the courage to step out right now, God, and I just say, um, I just impart boldness and courage to do something that's never been done before, God. I thank you, Lord, that this new season is going to be a step in the right direction. So I just bless the work of your hands, and I, um, yeah, I just pray that you would open up their ears, open up their eyes to hear and see you like never before, God, that you would just increase this time with intimacy, God, in the secret place. I just bless them in Jesus' name. The second group, it's time to steward. If you feel like you um, are in a place of serving and maybe you haven't opened up your heart all the way, you could be pouring out a little bit more and connecting with others and making an effort. Um, Or you need divine strategies from heaven. You're kind of in that in-between place. You need the Lord to show you how to steward what he's given you. Um, Just put your hands out in front of you. I thank you, God, that what you've given them is enough. I thank you, God, that every single person that they come in contact with is for a purpose, for a reason, for a specific time, for a specific place. I thank you that even in this season right now, you're connecting hearts with hearts, God. Yeah, and I just prophesy that you have no idea who you are connecting with right now, how that's going to affect your future. I just see connections going beyond this place. So I just break off fear that you have to hold anything back or keep anything back for yourself. I just break that off in Jesus' name, and I just impart divine strategies from the heavenlies and joy for the journey. This third group, um, graduation day, time to graduate. Um, If you feel like God's calling you into something new, you don't really fully know exactly what that looks like, but it's time for you to come out of hiding. 
Just put your hands out in front of you. God, I just thank you for pioneers. I thank you that you are the one who exalts. I thank you for humble hearts, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just bless the pioneering spirit in them, Lord, and that they would that this next step would just lead them even closer into you, Lord. I think that every step that they take has been ordered, and then right before they step on the path, you make the crooked places straight. I bless, I bless this act of faith. I bless the work of their hands. And I just, um, yeah, I just speak even more divine encounters and divine connections, Lord. And that you would just cause our hearts, all of our hearts, to go low before you. Yeah, Lord, we just exalt you in this place, God. We just say, have your way in our lives, God. Show us what it means to be a servant. One of the last things you did on this earth was wash your disciples' feet, God. Help us to be like you. Help us to be like you. I just bless every life, every destiny in the name of Jesus. Yeah, and just increased intimacy with you, Father. Increase the intimacy. I just, yeah, we just give you permission to interrupt our day any day, any way you want, Lord. Have your way, God. Have your way. Yeah, and right now, um, one more thing. If you feel like you're having um, a hard time connecting with people, if you're um, having a hard time linking arms in community, just put your hands up right now. God just wants to um, knit your hearts together. If you're just having a hard time connecting with others, you feel like you don't fit, you feel like you're not seen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I just, um, I just release boldness and courage over you to take a step out and pour your heart out to somebody else. I thank you, God, for these people. God, I thank you, God, that you're knitting us together in unity. Yeah, I thank you for family. I just bless this house. In Jesus' name, amen.